going? It's gonna get terrible. Yay. Scary time. Scary time <laughs> for everyone. What's the scariest thing? It's us. <laughs> it's me, Alexis. And me, Haley. And hysterical history. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> this is hysterical <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> That's what we should have called it. Hysterical Hall- Halloween. Yeah. So. I don't know how much you know about this topic. I don't know. I mean, probably. You haven't told me what it is. Probably so. a bit. I know. I just kind of like decided I was going to do it like a couple days ago. I'm like, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, commit. Because I was going to do, do I was going to do like um, mummy curses. Sure. Which was like pretty appropriate. Classic. Uh, but instead, I'm going to do insane asylums. Oh, fun. <laughs> fun. <laughs> Why not? We. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Like, you open a door and then you're haunted forever. Yeah. Basically. But the door is in your mind. <laughs> but the door is your mind and also the medical system. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's fun. Oh. It's scary because it's real. It's scary because it's real. Well, it was. Yeah. Hopefully it was. Hopefully it was? Hopefully past tense. Not like we hope it was terrifying. Yeah. But. We hope it isn't currently. <laughs> these these days, we refer to them as psychiatric hospitals. Nutbag house. Uh, yeah, not nut house or something. <laughs> something weird and terrible. Not cuckoo's nest, cuckoo's <laughs> nest. Uh, and uh, health professionals do really good work. Mm-hmm. And just preface that uh, we're not, like, punching down at any of the sick. No. Of course. It's hard to punch down when you punch into the past, I feel like, generally. Like, you can still punch down at, like, people. manage. People, people manage somehow. I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know how they do it sometimes, but they do. But we won't. We promise. <laughs> they do. Uh, but, of course, I have to start out with literary history because it's, it's your boy H.P. Lovecraft. Your boy. Who really started as asylums as, like, a horror trope. Okay. Um. Because, like, they were already pretty horrific. Right. But people weren't really... People don't want to talk um, about it. Like, fictionalizing it. Yeah. And talking about it through that lens, I suppose. But he wrote The Thing at the Doorstep in 1933. Okay. Where he describes a place called Arkham Sanitarium. Arkham Asylum. (laughs) With uh, Arkham. And he coins asylum in the horror genre. Ha ha. And so he started Batman. He invented Batman. <laughs> it's amazing. essentially what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think Batman starts in like 1939, <laughs> so pretty much. Uh, but yeah, the famous prison for the criminally insane Arkham Asylum is a uh, Lovecraft reference. Nice. How fun. And that makes sense because like I said, I'm pretty sure Batman came out in like the 30s. Like the late thirties, early forties. When did so. like Arkham become a thing though? Like they I didn't don't know. they didn't reference Arkham Asylum. Not like in immediately like the first no. issue or anything, but like I'm assuming it was. It's probably during the run of like the the original dudes who mm-hmm. like made it up, and they would know, they would get it. Because I had no yeah. idea. I didn't think to look that up. I'm gonna look it up. You keep talking. <laughs> so before they're going back a little bit before asylums, mm-hmm. before the days of institutionalized care. Uh, the job was left to your loved ones or sometimes the church. The first appearance of Arkham Asylum is in Batman 258 in October 1974. 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The 70s was a huge push for deinstitutionalizing. Okay. So a lot so of— they want to make it evil. Uh, I mean, yeah, and like, you know, Reagan-era politics, a lot of the budget's getting right. slashed. Yeah. Or, you know, we're getting up on Reagan-era politics. Uh, so a lot of these places are losing their funding. They're all overcrowded. And people are just like, maybe we shouldn't be, like, putting all these people in this building to rot. And it's, like, already established as a pretty gruesome place to live. Right. So that makes sense. But anyway, reeling it back. Reeling it back uh, before for big institutions. Big state, big state hospitals. (laughs) Big state hospitals. Uh Uh-huh. The job was personal, like the family would take right. care of you, maybe uh, like the church would. Yeah. You might be shipped off to like a monastery. Um, or, or they just put you in a boat and push you out. <laughs> and they're like, figure it out. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> Goodbye. I bet the endless, <laughs> seeing Goodbye. the vast endless ocean where there's no land on either side will not drive you even more crazy. That is the New England way and the Viking way. <laughs> yep. Simultaneously. It's, Good luck. It'll break your crazy with more crazy. <laughs> And then you'll be normal. You have to face it in the dark. <laughs> Alone. And then if you come back, you'll be well again. <laughs> you pro- like, you'll just be like, wow, I survived. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Naked and afraid. I survived. <laughs> we have no crazy people because we push them out to sea. Uh, yeah, it's like one of those terrible statistics. Like, we, everyone here is healthy. <laughs> there aren't anyone who has mental illness. Everyone's healthy in Massachusetts. What do you mean? <laughs> We never had anyone who was ill. <laughs> and then you just see him pushing a boat. <laughs> just the regular shipment. Push him out to sea. Out That's not specifically sea. about Massachusetts. Anybody who touches water. Any. Can yeah. push someone out to sea. Anyone on the sea. I do think of New England as like a pretty horrific place, though. I mean, it's mostly Maine. It's because it's Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. The whole, like, eastern seaboard. Mostly the north. The South is weird and terrible in a different way. It's true. I mean, everything's weird and terrible in its own way. Yeah. It's not like a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> kind of like a nice thought. <laughs> That's why in my episode next time we talk about it from other places all around the world. <laughs> all over. Everyone How you is... can be afraid everywhere. Everywhere <laughs> you go. <laughs> no matter you go, there you are and you're afraid. Guess what? There's demons and monsters and terrible everywhere. <laughs> you're welcome. That's where people are. Yeah. People made them. Anyway, anyway, uh, people would also have uh, – there's no centralized uh, resource for handling the mentally ill, so people will have, like, paid contractors. Sure. Uh, people who just hire to look after others. But this is all pre-1800s, and mm. the welfare of the people is not the top priority. Yeah. So people – for a while. People are treated, like, really terrible, like, violence and sexual assault and yeah. putting the ill in, like, cages and treating them like dogs and stuff. So there's no good oversight. No. Aside from your family just taking care of you, your best bet is to be put into a benevolent religious uh, to care. Because they've got rules. They have care and they're organized and they have resources. Yeah. Like even as far back as like the uh, 800s, like way far back, Mm -hmm. there's um, like mental hospitals being built in Cairo that provided care for the... Uh, mentally ill. That's nice. And insane. And they have, like, music therapy Aww. and, like, fresh air. Play that funky music, Cairo. Yeah, Cairo. <laughs> uh, from medical historian Roy Porter in London, the Priory of St. Mary of Bethlehem, 
uh, was founded in 1247 at the start of the 15th century. It housed only six insane men. Mm. Uh, it is um, later going to be known as Bedlam. Ah. It's other name. Yeah. So uh, Slightly more ominous. <laughs> slightly more ominous. The modern era of institutionalized care starts in the early 19th century. Uh, I mean, it really starts kind of in the Enlightenment era when people are more like, we should, like, take care of yeah, people. Yeah, like when people are thinking about a lot of stuff and yeah. they're like, hey— People Maybe are, it's not nice to hit them in the face when they don't know what's going right, on. Right, trying to like be more humanitarian, and maybe we should take care of these people, and maybe it yeah. should be like a state-led effort mm-hmm. instead of just like we should treat people better. But like you're on your own, right? Well, and I just luck. think about how many people, like you know, even now, like online, are trying to be like, oh, that's like an offensive word. You shouldn't use that, or like there's a stigma about being this or that, and I'm just like. Even like a hundred years ago, it's like, yeah, it's really bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, as much as like, obviously, everything's not better, all Mm -hmm. better. But it's like so much better than, you know. Just like, just as a matter of awareness. People are just aware. Right. And there's a general idea that like, it is a, um, like they are mentally ill. It's not just, um, like they're not just like being mad for the sake of being mad or something. And you shouldn't treat them like animals just because, like, mm-hmm. they're difficult to handle. Well, and there's also, like, a, I don't remember what day it was, but, like, there was, like, mental awareness or, like, mental health awareness day a few days ago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, people, just people talking about, like, their parents' age even being, right. like, oh, they go to a therapist. And then, yeah. like, people our age who are, like, guess what? I talked about at therapy today. <laughs> Man, I talked to my therapist today. It's like, yeah, it's. Oh, I'm getting low on my Xanax. Got to go to the store. Right. You it's know. so different. It's so normalized that it's like, yeah, it's good. I'm good. So this should, this should help remind you how good it is right now in this arena. It's, it's better. It's so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh, History is a very slight upward projection. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's for at least mental health. It's been a pretty drastic upturn yeah. in the last, like, century. Yeah. But it, it took, like, a weird downturn. So it was the—I feel like the slope yeah. is is not realistic. Lots of things do that. Yeah. It's weird. The— yeah, like the 1800s and the uh, 20th century, they were just like, mm, it just got bad. Yeah. Like, really bad. Like, why all of a sudden? All of a sudden, just like all at once. Way worse again. Hmm. But in, like, new, exciting <laughs> ways. New, terrible ways. <laughs> new ways we had never thought of being <laughs> bad before. Wow. Just, I don't know, a new frontier of badness. Right. <laughs> So public uh, mental asylums were established in Britain after the passing of the 1808 County Asylums Act. Okay. There's like a big push just from the legislative point of view. Mm. Like we got to get this down on paper. But that gives magistrates authority to build asylums uh, to house what they would call pauper lunatics. Mm. Basically the poor. Yeah, homeless uh, people. Homeless people on the street. They're like, you're crazy because you're homeless. People on the street, WD.A. Yeah, not anymore. Not in London. Get out of here. Uh, by the end of the 19th century, there's asylums open in most industrialized nations. Mm-hmm. At, mm. But um, don't, don't picture quiet, peaceful monastery retreats no. holding five other people. These are not Mm-mm. spa days. No. They're not nice. We're going to talk about a few of them. One of them 
is a Danvers State Hospital. Have you heard of Danvers? Yes. Yes. Uh, construction there began in 1874. Carol Danvers. Yeah, Carol Danvers State <laughs> Hospital. She founded it. <laughs> no, it'd be way better. Oh gosh, I, I would I would hate for this to be associated with her name. Yeah, no, it's terrible. No, no, no. no. Uh, but it was plans for a new state of the art mental health facility. Uh, it is. It's funny when people say state of the art. And yeah. it was like oh, two hundred years ago. <laughs> You're like, ooh, they have oil lamps everywhere. <laughs> oil lamps, amazing. Not even candles anymore. But they like they start off. Uh, with the the mental health equivalent of building on an old Indian burial ground. Cool. <laughs> it's uh, built on Hawthorne Hill, the former land of uh, John Hawthorne, one of the judges of the Salem witch trials. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. And he wasn't like, oh, maybe he was one of the lenient ones. No, he was really bad. Uh. He was one of the real terrible ones. Ugh. Uh, in fact, he was so famously awful, his uh, great... Great grandson Nathaniel Hawthorne, the author, mm-hmm. changed the spelling of his name to distance himself from the family reputation. Wow. It's like oh, I'm gonna put a W in there, nice, like the tree, because yeah, I don't, because I don't want to be involved mm, with you. You were like really nasty. Mm. You're like too. That's how you know <laughs> nasty to even deal with. <laughs> Yikes! Even, but the story of. The Danvers State Hospital is a story of many asylums Mm -hmm. around the country and around the rest of the world. Yeah. It's something of a marvel when it's built. It has long wings. It's not just a square, boxy building. It's, like, really, it's long. It has many wings. (laughs) It's long. Long corridors instead of, uh, like, many cells. People get a lot of sunlight and fresh air. Okay. It's designed to hold 500 patients with a bit more space uh, in the top floor in the attic with maybe a dozen staff. So I say if anybody you know tells you, like, if you say you're feeling sick and they're like, you just need some fresh air, that's like hundreds and hundreds of years old advice that they're giving oh, you. Oh, it's so out of that's date. That's not real. I mean, like, maybe you do need, like, some vitamin D and some sunshine. Sure. That is uh, generally prescribed advice. Yeah. But, um... Like, also other stuff. Yeah. You need probably more than just sunlight. Yeah. That's just old people being old. Old people giving you, like, 1700s (laughs) advice. Right, which is so weird because, yeah, they say it all the time. Still, go go people. outside and eat eat one apple. Get outside, get some fresh air. Eat one. Like somehow fruit. the air inside your house is bad, <laughs> and it's like I think it's okay. I mean, back when it was the plague inside the house. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. If there's a sick dead corpse <laughs> that's, in here, that's like you should go to a city where they don't have the plague. <laughs> right. Get out of the quarantine, Just Dad. Get out. Get away. <laughs> Uh, So uh, Danvers opened in 1878, originally as the State Lunatic Hospital. Oh, so I was just Googling real Uh, quick. Yes. Because I wanted to say, because I couldn't remember what dates they were. Mm -hmm. But this is is around the time when people started trying to shoot the queen. Oh. (laughs) Queen Victoria. (laughs) Yes. The first one's in uh, 1840. (laughs) So that's this time. might be related. Yeah, so that kind of gives you an idea of the general cultural state of the poor and downtrodden. Yeah, yeah. They're like, maybe if I shoot the queen, they'll let me go live in Australia. Yeah, her... her, uh, Penal colony. Her eighth one (laughs) is in 1882. (laughs) 
So oh, gosh. People, clearly there's a mental health problem because we talked about in our episode about Queen Victoria's assassination attempts that a lot of those people were literally could not have killed her. Yeah. And they just wanted to do anything else with their life. And it uh, it can't be better in the States. No. We're, uh, can't you imagine. Know, similar, coming right out of a civil war. You know, everyone's just feeling happy and goodwill. Yeah, everybody everyone. loves everyone. Everyone's just feeling good, happy times. Lots of lots of money being thrown around for everyone. Good. Ah, uh, but it was the state lunatic hospital, okay. Massachusetts. The moon is getting you. Yeah, was a pioneer in the treatment of the mentally ill. Private rooms, lots of sun. Uh, it eventually expanded to include TB buildings, tuberculosis, okay, places, staff housing. All the buildings were connected underground by long, mm. dark brick-lined corridors where no one was ever killed. That's definitely for so sure. Scary. <laughs> also, do not connect the TB building to any other buildings. It needs to be by itself and non-involved. Uh, but they got to because then they don't want people on the surface having to see the sick. It's true. And the dead. They need to be able to move people around without anyone seeing their sins. Just have a furnace in the basement. <laughs> they, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Uh, but patients were allowed to exercise, and they had, like, a little garden. And allowed they, or required? Um, <laughs> They're like, dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think they were just, like, it was there if they uh, wanted it. Okay. They were probably prodded into going outside and getting fresh air, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. At least it cures be- everything, as far as I know. <laughs> at least to begin with, they were pretty, like, nice okay, about it. Okay, that's good. They have the staff to kind of watch people. Yeah, and there aren't like, that many people around. Well, it's like, you know how, like, when you start a job, you're, like, yeah. happy and go lucky. And <laughs> yeah. and then by the end, like, the time that you're, like, ending your job or, like, you really want to leave, you know, after it's been a few years or whatever, then you're just, like, you're all the life is drained out of you and you have Nothing. no soul anymore. Yeah. And, yeah, you're just going to hit some people. Barely showing up. Yeah. Tripping people for fun. Yeah. yeah. Purposely <laughs> doing things wrong to watch people get mad. <laughs> if you're in retail, you're just, like, shoving things off of <laughs> Counters. And you're like, that was a customer. I don't know. Staring right into the eyes of someone and doing something terrible. Just like, what are you going to do about it? And then you just like, this, in front of a customer, and you're like, this customer just pushed all this stuff over. <laughs> just imagining shoving aside like a display and like staring, staring down, mad dogging a customer, being like, why yeah. did you do that? Like, oh. You're banned for life <laughs> from the store. I don't think you should be in here. Never return. <laughs> And other ways to intimidate other humans. I wouldn't go back. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> but the the patients there, they they were, you know, they had lots of stuff to do. They apparently made enough food in the gardens to feed themselves with, like, fresh meals oh, and stuff. Nice. So it's, like, really nice. That stuff, that like, could actually help. Uh, but then, like, more patients keep coming in. Yeah. Because, like, there's no real solution to yeah. the mental health problem besides just put them in the box. Right. And the staff can't keep up because state slashes funding. Yeah, they, we don't have, um, like, the good, good medication we do now. We don't have any medication. No. We have no medication. There's no chemical treatment mm. at this point. Point. I mean, the medical, tr- the chemical treatment is alcoholism. Yeah, great. Um, essentially, and like I don't know, opium Give or whatever. Give them a new problem. <laughs> yeah. Give them a couple new problems. Other problems. Great. Uh, but they can't hire any extra workers. Like I said, it was built to hold like 500 people, max mm-hmm. 600, if they fill the beds in the attic. By the 1920s, the population is almost 2,000. Nope. 
patients. It's like my high school. And staff numbers are about the same as they were when the hospital opened. Right. It was, uh, yeah, artist historian Michael Ramseur. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he pronounces it in the French way. Hard to know sometimes. Ramseur. <laughs> Ramseur. <laughs> uh, tells us in November 1945, one evening shift had only nine people and uh, was expected to care for more than 2,300 patients. No, no, no. That's impossible to do. Once again, like my high school. I think my high school is built to hold like 800 people or like Mm -hmm. students. And we had like when I graduated, my class was like 500 people. Yeah. Which means that's like 2,000 kids, Mm -hmm. you know, if you count all the grades. So that I'm like, hmm. Yeah. And usually senior classes are the smallest, so it's probably more. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, great. Because by that time, we've shipped most of them out to sea. Yep. Goodbye. As we've discussed. (laughs) Around to the lake, I suppose. Gotta go. Yeah. (laughs) Moses Lake. Which is not big enough for you to no. not be able to see land. They're just consumed by the algae, I imagine. Yeah, the terrible. Don't swim in Moses Lake. You'll die. Yeah. Probably. So you can't watch that many people with nine staff. No. I um, mean. Not humanely. No. I, is like, the key. Especially when they're adults. Like, Mm-mm. I'm thinking about, like, I've been in classes with kids um, watching them, mm-hmm. especially, like, not to equate this to be exactly the same, but, like, I've been in, like, autism classes or, like, special needs classes with kids, and in my class we only had, like, ten kids, and there was, like, three adults in the room, and still one of the kids just ran out of the room, like, dramatically, and I had to go chase him down, and yeah. it was, like, I had to run. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, like, we can't, three adults can't watch ten children, mm-hmm. and children are more behaved than adults. Yeah. <laughs> like, who are, you know, having <laughs> mental issues. So, yeah, so can't at, even imagine. At this point, uh, if you've watched American Horror Story Asylum, we're like to that stage of like, oh no. I haven't seen it. I uh, don't. I mean, I'm not going to. It's scary. I'm not going to watch it. It's scary and terrible. I mean, I like scary, but I won't watch it. It doesn't, it doesn't have the religious bent like the, yeah. the one in American Horror Story is like a Catholic kind of funded hospital, Briar something. Sure. Uh, but basically that. Hmm. Uh, overwhelmed, yeah, obviously, for caring for people, staff start um, resorting to creative methods of Mm-mm. handling people, Mm-mm. including special garments like straight jackets no. and um, restraints, Mm-mm. just general restraints, I assume, to like sleeping beds or yeah. medical tables. Right. Uh, solitary confinement. It's the worst. Or I imagine... They must they like they wouldn't even have the room for solitary for a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. So it must have been just like a bunch of people locked in one room. <laughs> right. <laughs> which just is tied down. Way worse. Yeah. In like in some ways, in some ways not, but it sounds it's all terrible. It's, it's all bad. Um, but uh, they're just holding patterns because they, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but worse when patients are actually physically ill uh, and filthy, they're not being cleaned. Uh. It could be days before staff check on any individual person. Right. Uh, and so it's going to be days before anyone realizes whether someone's dead or not. Ugh, that's so gross. So you just have and sad people unnoticed dying in Right. Rooms. And I mean, it's only going to make everyone worse, mm-hmm. you know, like then, you know, like the alternative, which was like your family takes care of them. Yeah. Which I know, like, is hard to do, too. You know, even, like, now, if you have a family member who's, like, in hospice or whatever you need taken care of, it's, like, it's rough. But, mm-hmm. 
you know. Yeah, or being on the street. I'm sure a lot of these people are just, like, right. homeless mm-hmm. at this point. And people yeah. are just like, we don't want to deal with it. Yeah. We don't want to deal with it. Right. Some people are homeless not because, you know, well, I don't know, whatever people think are the reasons people are homeless. They just but aren't working hard enough. Yeah, I don't know. Or, whatever. like, they had some sort of terrible downturn in their economic life. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes <laughs> it's because they, like, yeah. literally can't function. Mm-hmm. Including to that level, and yeah. they need help. So this is all the passively horrible. There's mm-hmm. like active horrible oh, too, of course, uh, including the treatments like hydrotherapy, yeah, um, and electroshock therapy. But like the really bad kind, where there's like no consent involved. Yeah, they're just like this will be better for you. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a little when you look up hydrotherapy, a lot of the results, at least on Google, are uh-huh. like. Well, you go to a spa, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then the warm water gently relaxes your muscles. I'm like, that's not. Yeah, like, I'm not talking about a hot tub. I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't no. think that's what's happening to them. I don't in here. think that's what I wanted. Uh, I just immediately think about waterboarding, which I'm. Yeah, <laughs> is that what they're doing or no? I mean, not not quite. Okay, that's uh, good. I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah, honestly, they should have. It would have been. Uh, maybe maybe would have been nicer than what they did. Oh, uh, mental floss has a nice kind of summary of the different ways you can use water to just like break a person. Sure. In hydrotherapy, one treatment involved uh, mummifying a patient in towel soaked in ice cold water, and then you just kind of get mild hypothermia, Oof. I guess. Another required patient to remain submerged in a bath for hours, possibly no. days, uh, which is terrible. But then they're also, like, strapped in and they can't leave. Ugh. Sometimes only to go to the bathroom, sometimes not even to go to the no. bathroom. Oh, that's so gross. Some, <laughs> some doctors ordered high-pressure jets to be uh, applied on people. So basically, you know when you look at footage of, uh, like, riots and yeah. they're using fire hoses on mm-hmm. people. It's like that, but therapy. No. Yes. One one source indicated uh, at least one patient was strapped to the wall in a crucifix position, crucifixion position, and blasted with water from a fire hose. So they're just like strippers and fire hoses. They're just like putting them up there like Jesus. Not a good sign. That's not nice. That's not... Jesus is literally tortured to death. Could you make it more creepy? That's the whole thing. I dare you to make it more creepy. The whole point of the crucifixion is like, it's the worst. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, it's really bad. Actually the worst thing could happen to you. What are you doing? They didn't... The Romans didn't invent that as like a nice way to kill people. No. It's... And it's like... When you read about, like, what physically happens to you when you're crucified, you're just like, holy oh, crap. How, like, how did— That it's like you just can't keep holding yourself up, and then you just, like, can't you, breathe anymore. Right, and like suffocate. Ugh, and it's terrible. Bad. Well, let's talk about other places besides Danvers. <laughs> it's great. Uh, there's, I'm sure they'll be better. <laughs> yeah, it can only get better, right? I'm sure we didn't start with the least bad one. <laughs> there's Fairfield Hills State Hospital in Newtown, Connecticut. I mean, it sounds like— an insane asylum. Everything the, the in name. New England sounds like an insane <laughs> asylum. Like everything takes place in fall to early winter, and everything is a brick building filled with uh, it's it has a silent field written on the top, and it's full of people in like patterned jackets and smoking pipes, and they're ready to kill you. Yeah, 
That is <laughs> New England. In the wild, wild west, we just shoot them. <laughs> just shoot. And go into the woods and disappear. <laughs> Become Bigfoot. Become Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was opened, uh, Fairfield was opened in 1933 as a pressure valve for the overcrowding of the state's other two <laughs> mental hospitals. Great. Great. Can I show you something real quick? Yes. So I don't even this article, but it's the ad right there. Wait, what's the ad? <laughs> Why guys love these boots? <laughs> it's this guy who tried to kill Queen Victoria. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of it. Why guys love these boots? Ooh. High quality, versatile <laughs> boots, says Esquire. <laughs> Thanks. I can't. Thanks, Esquire. Oof. Anyway, good job. <laughs> Oh, no. So this uh, hospital quickly became overcrowded also. Yeah. Uh, up to like 4,000 patients. I don't know how much it was built to hold. <laughs> Probably but 20. Like three people. Yeah. It's like a small shed. Yeah. In the uh, 1960s, Fairfield lowered the... Um, Followed the contemporary practice of overdiagnosing. Of so there's course. like, you know, overdiagnosing and just like putting people in... These places. Yeah. Uh, Which, like, you know, obviously overdiagnosing is always a problem mm-hmm. when it's happening. But, like, when the difference is, like, nowadays it's like you're on a medication you don't need that might not help you and you might have weird side effects. Right. Versus, like, you have to live in this hospital now for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, like, you're... Um like, your parents don't want to deal with you. Mm-hmm. so you're, like, moody. So they called you a schizophrenic once. Yeah. And so you're going to be put in a cell and never let out for the rest of your life. Cool. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Creedmoor Psychiatric Hospital. That's really evil. Uh, still in operations, I guess, in Queens, New York. Okay. Uh, but parts of it have been left to rot, most notably Building 24. Is that the one with Cropsy? I'm not sure. It was, like, there was, like, an asylum in the woods... This is is a real story. I don't think so because it's in New York City. Sure. Uh, But it's in New York. Um, I don't know. It's probably not in New York City, but it's like, I think it's nearby. But uh, I haven't watched a documentary about it because there was one. But this guy who worked there, like, just stayed there even after it closed in, like, the 80s. Mm -hmm. And they would just, like, kill kids. No. Because there was, like, an urban legend about him, like, oh, Cropsy's going to get you. And no. then it was for realsies. No. Was an actual guy. <laughs> no. No. It's really bad. <laughs> and then it's real. Yep. No. No, it's bad. No. <laughs> anyway. No. Happy Halloween. <laughs> I don't think that's this. Probably not. Because <laughs> parts of it, I think, are still operational. Okay. There's yeah. just like this no, one this part. One's closed. There's this one part that was abandoned by the hospital in the 70s. Okay. The the violent ward where some of the city's worst violent offenders were sent, which is bas- it's basically the real Arkham Asylum. Cool. Uh, but it was just perpetually locked down. You just like throw them in and close it and not look behind you. Mm. Everyone's heavily medicated and just abandoned. Great. It's just like have fun. Have fun in there with all the other violent murderers and et cetera. Love it. I'm sure that won't be bad. There's a 20-month period in the 70s where there's just rampant rapes and murders and suicides and beatings amongst the um, hospital population. Good. That finally lead to an investigation. Uh, I don't know how that turns out. <laughs> I don't know what happens. A patient dies from a crushed throat while wearing a straitjacket, and they close the ward for good. 
um, 10 years after the Building 24 was abandoned. There's also Athens Lunatic Asylum in Ohio. Yay! Built in 18... 18- I just assumed it was going to be in Georgia. No, 1874. Is in Georgia? Probably. I think so. I think like every third or fourth state in the U.S. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Athens. They're like, um, remember Greece? Remember <laughs> Greece? They're de- they had democracy. <laughs> and so do we, Ohio. Yeah, in Ohio. Athens, Ohio. Classic. It... Um, of course, was overcrowded from its beginning. Yeah. The most enduring death came in the winter of 79. You can tell the 70s are just like, mm, just like the worst. Ooh, peak time. Yeah. Uh, when a patient named Margaret Schilling went missing, mm. her body was found weeks later. No. In an abandoned portion of the TB building. Mm. And apparently her body left an imprint on the concrete where she died that you can still see to this day. There's just like an what? outline where the corpse was. Uh, where it was like decaying for a few weeks, and you can no. still kind of see it in Why the concrete. Why cleaned it? It's like you would have to get rid of the concrete. Do it, <laughs> please. <laughs> Tear it down. Just, just put something over it. And this is all still. Just put asphalt over it. Vaguely mild, because we have yet to introduce your friend and mine, the lobotomy. Mm. More than 200 lobotomies alone were performed at Athens, lunatic asylum. No. Let's talk about the lobotomy. Bad. It has an uncomfortable history. If you are queasy at all, <laughs> now's the time to shut the podcast down. All right. Got to go. See you later, guys. <laughs> Bye. This is Haley now. Thanks. Thanks I, for having um, a good time. I've been feeling sick all day. I got to go. <laughs> it, uh, it, it has, I think, it's, its beginnings in um, trepanning. Yeah. Uh, just where you basically cut trepanation, trepanation, where you cut out a small square in the skull, or you just punch a hole. Yeah, just kind of like bam. punch a hole, bam. Because your brain needs to breathe. Everything needs fresh air. Oh, it is a solution to everything. You need more air. Your brain is oxygen. It's so much pressure in there. You gotta oh, and relieve you, it. Your bean, <laughs> your bean needs air. <laughs> Uh, why didn't they just get a bellows and, like, push, put it in your ear and be like, the air needs to go in your the brain. Air. Whoosh. They're like, no, we need a new hole. It's like some of those holes already go to my brain. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Put it up your nose and just whoosh. It's easy. They're like, no. So, uh, 1890, mm-hmm. German scientist Friedrich Goels. I don't like that sentence to start. German scientist? Yeah. Don't be. 1890s German scientist. Don't be, like, racist. I don't like that. It's- <laughs> They do. They do good work. I don't like it, even when they turn it In to the nefarious. Of what this episode mean. is, I don't like it. So it's where he experiments with removing the temporal lobe from dogs mm. and reports a calming effect. Great, great. Eighteen ninety-two. Gottlieb Burkhart, a switch. A swish, swish, a swish, <laughs> swish, a swish physician. Nothing but net for Gottlieb. <laughs> Nothing but net in the Alps. Ooh. You know how popular basketball is in <laughs> Switzerland. It's all that money. I bet it is really popular and we just don't have any idea. <laughs> That's why it sounds so stupid right I have now. no idea what people do uh, in Switzerland. They Besides go, count money and eat chocolate. They go there for the Tour de France, so I'm assuming bikes. Well, I mean, you can just lean out your window and watch the bikes go by. That's not a... I assume you know. that they welcome it because they like bikes. <laughs> yes. I don't actually and, know. And they like bikes. Yeah. And um, 
Long operating horns. on six schizophrenic patients, four who exhibited altered behavior, and two who died in 1892. <laughs> Wait, how many? Six? Uh, six. And two died. Two died. That's not a great average. <laughs> He's like, wow, four lived. Nailed it. <laughs> wow. And it didn't really fix it. They were just weird. Yeah, the, mm. the, the famous name that more people might know is a Portuguese neurophysicist, uh, Antonio Igats Moniz, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, who develops uh, the leukotomy, I think. Don't know. Anyway, it's it's like a lobotomy, but it's more surgical. Or like it's the lobotomy we think of. Okay. With the ice pick. Yeah. But you actually like cut open the skull and mm. do stuff. Cool. But he gets the uh, Nobel Prize for that. Great. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't always know what's going on. Yeah. And it's too bad because he had some good research prior to that with, like, finding right. uh, tumors in the well, brain. Well, like, didn't Nobel invent dynamite? So it's like, Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's all a ploy, so we forget <laughs> that he did that, which is a hilarious thing because then that's all we know about him is that he invented, like— It's the Streisand effect. Yeah. He tried to hide it. And so now we know. Now that's we know. all we know. That's all we know. Did he do anything else? <laughs> Doubt it. Literally no one would remember. Like, we don't care. Nope. So it was more of a true surgery. Uh, doctors would drill or cut through the top of the skull and cut out bits of the patient's brain. Like specific ones or just whatever looks uh, good to come out? Cutting the frontal lobe from the uh, thalamus. Oh. Yeah. Results were mixed. <sighs> Results were mixed. You shouldn't. Don't I like. Mean, don't like mess with your frontal lobe. What are no. you? What are you doing? I was gonna say that's the worst part, but obviously the worst part is the back, where yeah. it's like the life needing thing. You're like life support package. But but, but like know. that's important too. You're like yeah. important human bits. You're just giving them like a Phineas gauge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without a railroad <laughs> spike you're, you're on accident. Get, you're getting a gauge. Yeah. <laughs> You're pulling a Phineas here. Uh, so in the late uh, 1930s, enter American surgeon Dr. Walter Freeman. Mm. Not related to Gordon Freeman. <laughs> he, he's a fictional character. He's a fictional character. <laughs> so he can't be related to real people. He uses a blunt instrument to do his dirty deeds. It's true. Uh, Freeman, save the world. <laughs> save the, the world. The dirty deeds. <laughs> Pretty um, sure he's the main character. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. So he says, uh-huh. not that he says anything. I'm sure Black Mesa is really the good guy. <laughs> they sound good. Black Mesa would be a really good name for a mental institution. It would. <laughs> right? Yeah. Classic. Black Mesa. Yeah. In Black Ari- Mesa. In Arizona, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Black Mesa Psychiatric Institution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically... Most of it, it's all underground anyway. Like, and, they're, and they're like, why is it Black Mesa? And you're like, don't worry about it's it. It's named after the hills. It's named after Jonathan Black. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those are two <laughs> different answers. Your staff really need to. <laughs> to have a prepared answer. <laughs> the next day, there's a portrait of Jonathan Black. <laughs> and they're like, that's George Washington. That's George. He has a different mustache. <laughs> They're like, that's James Madison. They're like, oh, we didn't think you'd recognize him. No one knows who he is <laughs> in Arizona. No one knows. Why would they? Uh, so regular lobotomies are too slow for Dr. Freeman. Got to speed it up. 
He's like, Ugh. he like build a machine? Uh, no, but he hears okay. about some doctors in Europe who operated through their patients' eye sockets. No, and no. And he, he says to himself, that sounds like the thing for me. <sighs> Why eyes? There's other holes. Like what? Your ear? No. Uh, through your nose? Your ears. Yeah, they pull out the brain out of the nose from you're not gonna, Egypt. You're not going to pull it out. I'm just saying, like, people have been doing <laughs> things through the nose for the brain for a long time. But this one's so much easier. No, it's the, not. The skull is very thin by the eye uh, socket. Uh, very thin. They pop your eyeballs out? No. What? <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll explain. They just go through. I'll explain. That's worse. Uh, so, to Freeman's delight, all you need is an ice pick. No. Your common kitchen ice pick. No. Which everyone has in their kitchen drawers in the 30s or just whatever. whenever they need to murder Trotsky. <laughs> yeah, there's a... In Mexico. Fantastic NPR piece uh, with a lobotomy patient, Howard Dully, who himself interviews uh, Walter Freeman's son, Frank, uh, mm. that we should definitely link to. It's really interesting. Okay. But the son tells us that the first ice picks that Freeman uses just came out of the kitchen drawer. No. They're not even, like, they're like, these were real they're surgical instruments. They're not even, like, designed. Instruments. Like, no, it was like a kitchen utensil. It's like you go in for surgery and you're like <laughs> your surgeon pulls out like kitchen tongs. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like I'll get in there. Don't worry about Click, it. Clack. Pulls out a spatula. You're like, what is that Clickety for? clack. Like, if I just gotta flip it over and check some stuff out. <laughs> flip your lung over to the- get the mixers. <laughs> so this is how it works. And once again, just turn off the podcast. Okay, bye. This is it. So he would line up the pick above the thin bone of the eye socket, so like kind of here-ish. Okay. Uh, and just pop, drive it in. And there would be a little crunch. That's really strong right there. I mean, it's bone. It feels strong to your hand. Yeah. Uh, but he's using a metal pick. I mean, yeah, it's designed to break ice, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I didn't I didn't know this part. I thought you would just kind of, like, go back and, like, hope it severed something. Uh-huh. But, no, once it's in, you would kind of stir the frontal lobe. So your idea with the Egyptians was pretty uh, – that's pretty close to what happens. That's so bad. Sort of like an egg whisk or, Gosh, like, tossing – That's what I said, mixers. Tossing a small salad. <laughs> They're sort just of. like, ugh. Yeah. I've heard that he used a local anesthetic. I've heard that he didn't use anything. Uh, maybe he started at the beginning using local anesthetic, and after a while was just like, you know, they don't need it. Do you just then have a big hole in your face? I mean, ice picks are pretty thin. I think. Okay. Like, I think you would a have a little hole in your face. You have like a little hole in your face. What? <laughs> Fix it. But just like a little bit. No. It's like. Uh, it's not major surgery from the outside. But then you're, and then your brain can breathe because it needs the air. Uh, so, yeah, the whole point is that you kind of, you get in the pick and then you just like scramble up your frontal lobe. In case you guys don't know, it's, I took a class oh. on drugs when I was in school, mm-hmm. uh, college, not high school. And uh, it wasn't my D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, we had to map out the brain and learn all the parts, yes. uh, and I don't remember all of them because it was a while ago. But I like maps, so I was excited about it. And uh, your your what's called your prefrontal cortex, the front part of your brain, is like all of your like decision making and your like 
humanness. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're you're really like detailed complex yeah, thinking is right. like like morality yeah. and things like that are all up front. Your societal norms yeah. like those kind of things. Like the very base of your brain where like the spinal column connects. Think of that as your that's your lizard brain. Yeah. And so that's just keeping you alive. Think of your brain complexity as like building from the front like the back to the front. Yeah. It's more complicated the farther you get, like mm-hmm. closer you get to your face. And the farther you are to you, like the back of your neck is the old part. And that's the bit they're scrambling. Yeah, the the front part, which, you know, like I said, will not kill you probably, but like it's not good. Yeah, like it's it's not as likely to kill you as like if you just sever the the back of the yeah, head. Yeah, I mean then you're done. That's like that's game over immediately. Yeah, that's the that's the like automatic off switch. That that's like what snipers aim for yes. when they're in the military. That's not what the surgeon is going to go for. No, probably. But like I said earlier about Phineas Gage, it's just going to like you're going to be a completely different person and like and probably not a good one. And they're like they don't have X-rays. They don't really have the brain mapped. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of sticking it in and swirling it around and hoping it works. So there's no. They're not aiming for anything in particular, hoping yeah. to get a certain result. It's just kind of like you know, it's a work. Doctors always know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they always know. They never just do stuff. But and they're like maybe this. Like the I don't know if it was the first person he did it on. It couldn't have been the first person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, one woman came in and she was, I I think he would have called her hysterical. Sure. Hysterical and, you know, kind of, you know, out of it a lot. And he did the lobotomy and, according to the daughter, she's just, like, a whole new person. It's like, wow, it, like, really saved her and, like, changed her life. And then let me describe uh, the lobotomy he performed on Rose Rosemary Kennedy, JFK's sister. Oh. She had um, low IQ but was perfectly uh, functional and a nice girl. After the age of 22, she became, quote, increasingly irritable and difficult, often mm. experienced convulsions, fly into violent rages. Uh, she was um, scheduled for the procedure with Walter Freeman. At the George Washington University School of Medicine. That's so weird. That just feels like. Because when did he, when did he start doing this? Oh, uh, when did he start doing this? Like f- the forties. Okay. Like yeah. 19, okay. Nineteen forty-five-ish, sure. or that's when he like was in his early experimenting f- phase. Yeah, it's just it. It feels like the the mummy episode yeah. where you're like, how <laughs> yeah. can those people be related? I'm like, he feels like he's too old, mm-hmm. like to do it to the Kennedys. <laughs> but right. I'm like, no, I guess not. Guess not. Uh, uh, the the thing is described by Ronald Kessler in his book, The Sins of the Father, Joseph P. Kennedy and the Dynasty he founded, in the um, only interview the doctor ever gave. This is James W. Watts, who was there with Walter Freeman doing the procedure. Okay. And they described that she did have a mild tranquilizer, uh, but she was awake for the whole procedure. Ugh, no. Because um, they put the instrument inside is how they how they put it. Yeah. Uh, as Dr. Watts cut, Dr. Freeman asked Rosemary some questions. For example, he asked her to recite the Lord's Prayer or sing God Bless America or count backwards. We made an estimate of how far to cut based on how she responded. When Rosemary began to become incoherent, they stopped. Oh, great. That it, feels like it's too late already. I feel like that's um, that's too late. Yeah. 
And it kind of was. It quickly became clear that it had not been successful. Mm -hmm. And um, her mental capacity diminished to that of a two-year-old. She became incontinent. She couldn't walk or speak. So horrible. Intelligibly, she had to be uh, taught how to walk again. Like, I think by the time she was, like, you know... Very old, like mm-hmm. 70, she could walk with, like, a limp. Right. But, uh, yeah, did you, like, did you know that Kennedy had a sister named Rosemary? I feel like I've heard about it before, kind of. Yeah, like, you don't really hear about his sister who had a lobotomy, and then well, they of course not. sequestered away in asylums for it's the rest of her life. not good for the image it's of the family. Not good for the image. Uh, but Freeman... Got so good at lobotomies. He's like so good at yeah, it. Yeah, he's wow. so good at lobotomies. He goes on a tour in his lobotomobile. No, which I think is what he called it. He had a van. No, his <laughs> it's a van lobotomobile. No. He performed thirty five hundred lobotomies in twenty three states. No, one of them was uh, four years old. No, all for. Uh, the price of $25. Only $25 per patient. Wow. Come on down. So and affordable. As he would go from state to state, he would visit uh, mental hospitals and he would teach people his uh, tactics and his, you know, how to do yeah. it. And everyone's, ah, oh, everyone's very excited except for the people who come out of this. Yeah. His patients often lost the ability to... Uh, Feed themselves, Great. use the bathroom. Sometimes they couldn't walk. This is all, you know, yeah, like learned frontal lobe stuff. Right. You know, if you don't come out of the womb knowing how to do it, uh-huh. it's like probably closer to the front yep. of your brain function. And he's just going and scrambling it. Right. So and like, like I'm just like, how many people think this is actually better? Uh, like, apparently like... Occasionally, you'll have excellent results sure. because the people who like started doing this, like back in like Europe when they were starting, yeah. people didn't intend this to be like, oh, you have headaches, like get a lobotomy. Yeah. It's like this is the absolute last case right. treatment for people who are incurable of everything. Yeah, um, and then it might be better. Because, right, because know. then they're just not freaking out. Because that's the only thing right. I think. Like, if you have someone who's, like, violent and aggressive and, like, mm-hmm. very, very difficult, right. then, like, maybe for you it's better that they are, like, comatose, right. essentially. Exactly. But, but, like, that's it. Yeah, but, yeah. But at this time you have people, like, coming in it's like, oh, my mom has headaches. It's like, well, stop the headaches, but also she can't walk yeah. or feed herself or she doesn't, like, know who you are anymore. Or, like, maybe she still does have headaches and you just don't know because she can't communicate <laughs> she with She can't, you. like, tell you anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's so terrible. Right. And on top of that, just, like, uh, pretty flat, like, 15 20% of people just die from it. Yeah. They just die. Re- it's kind of important. <sighs> Relapses are common, which is so, like... I mean, good for your brains that you're, like, surviving through this. Yeah. But then sometimes, like, people would come back and get it done again. No, no. They're like, oh, it didn't take the first time. Your brain fixed itself, and then you're like, oh, that's still broken. It's so terrible. There's one—this is just—oh, gosh. If you want, like, a good monster for this Halloween month, uh, think of this image. 1951, um, Iowa's Cherokee Mental Health Institute. Oh, 
Um, Freeman stopped. He was doing a demonstration lobotomy. Great. Uh, and he had like, uh, he's like stopped with the pick in his hand mm-hmm. so someone could take a photo of him. Uh, and he was posing, posing, and the instrument slipped a little bit too far and the patient died on the table. Wow. So that's cool. How fun. Because we were too busy with our photo op. Mm-hmm. How fun. Ugh. The lobotomy craze largely stops after, like, 54. That's good. Uh, because we um, discover Thorazine, and that's the beginning of chemical... Medication. Medical treatments. Yeah, like, like chemical medical treatments. Yeah. I should say. Where you don't have to get a big hole in your face, and yeah. then maybe you'll die. It's advertised as the chemical lobotomy. People are oh. like, oh, how great. How nice. How nice. And, you know, soon they discover, like, Prozac, lithium as a treatment yeah. for bipolar patients. Yeah. And, like, mm, like, that's in 54. You know what you think of when you think of, like, the 60s and 70s is, like, wow, they really had a handle on um, <laughs> medicating people. Yeah. It's like, mm, well, they still had a while to go, but they weren't frantically lobotomizing people. Right. They had medication yeah. to actually yeah. give. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, free- like- <laughs> That's just like the fifties. Mm-hmm. Is like like people are alive. Yeah, who were born before that. They're still here. They're still doing this. And Freeman didn't stop giving lobotomies. Oh yeah, I'm sure. He like kept going because that's his thing. He, he's dead now. Like I was telling you, um, right? Yes, he's dead. I mean, I was him. His uh, his son is still alive. Yeah. And like I was telling, like um, Dolly that guy who got a lobotomy when he was, like, 12. Yeah. Um, in that NPR, like, mm-hmm. expo. Right. Which, definitely listen to that, because mm-hmm. he kind of explains it and, like, the process of learning about it and, like, finding documents where he, like, sees a picture of himself about to get the procedure. Yeah. Oof. And it's it's just very, like, sad. And so weird. Creepy and terrible. But that was after, um, like lobotomies weren't being practiced anymore. Yeah. They weren't being really done anymore. And his stepmother was still like, you know, I don't really like you. And (sighs) you're just kind of difficult. So I'd rather if you were a vegetable. That's horrible. And that was the intent. Right. That was the intent. And didn't work. It didn't work. (laughs) He, uh, yeah, he made a life for himself and it's very good for him. That's great. But yeah, largely ended the craze in 54 but he kept clip, limping along basically over. Really recommend that NPR special. Mm-hmm. Um, the deinstitutionalizing of these hospitals continued on m- largely in the late 70s and 80s, uh, but on through the 90s. Right. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure Danvers State Hospital didn't close until, like, 92. Mm. Uh, but a lot of these places closed not due to the treatment of their inmates, but due to just budget cuts. They couldn't keep the light on. Yeah. And... Uh, Sadly, a lot of the people that would have been in these asylums are now just in prison. Right, yeah. Karen uh, talks about that on My Favorite Murder because her mom was a nurse, and she Mm -hmm. was, like, a nurse in the 80s and the 70s and stuff. And how frustrating it was to her that they closed down all the hospitals because, like, they obviously needed better regulation and they needed to be more, like, controlled. But then a lot of those people just become homeless. Yeah. And, like, get no help at all. Or, yeah, they go to prison or something. Right, because then the the crime is being homeless and being a vagrant. Yeah. Instead of, like, being mentally ill. Right. 
and it's very, very sad. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's better that we're not like torturing them and keeping them in little right. torture zoos, but we're. But there yeah. are some people who like just can't function yeah. in like, you know, society. And they need help, and they now we don't really have the ability for them to get it in the same way, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and in a way that like I don't, they might not have family who wants to help take care of them, or yeah. like who can physically, you know, or monetarily or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, like these ones are obviously real bad, right? Um, like in a way, we're kind of back to pre-institutionalizing. Yeah, like ah, uh, there isn't really a state. Like cent- like state centered function for right what what they would have called pauper lunatics. Mm-hmm. It's like so. What do we do? Yeah. No, it's just uncomfortable again. I guess we build buildings and put them in there and hope for the best. Yeah. But that's that's the cycle. That's where we get in the cycle. I right. Think. There's a a kind of like hilarious and terrible moment in that NPR special mm-hmm. where Howard Dully asks the son of Walter Freeman, who I think his name is Frank. Sure. Yes, Frank, are you proud of your father? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and Frank says, oh, yeah, he did amazing work. I, I wish he'd been able to go further. And Dully kind of laughs like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, read the room, my dude. Right. Are you kidding? Can you not be, like, even a little bit like, man, he went a little Oof. too far, though. Right. He had the he had uh, good intentions, but he went a little too far. People but can be like, so blind about their parents. Oh, gosh. Like, it's crazy. It's so much. But, oh, yeah, that first patient, uh, she was violently suicidal, and uh, according to the daughter of the patient, the lobotomy, she says, worked. It was like... Sure. Her mom's just like a whole new person. Uh, but even she was like, I wish uh, Freeman hadn't gone so far with what he did. Yeah. Because B went pretty far. Yeah. And that was like a lot. Right. Oh, man. So are mm. you are you spooked, <laughs> listeners? <laughs> I'm just sad. I know. It's like, <sighs> I'm just sad. Yeah. And that's... That's how we end a Haley episode is with everyone <laughs> everyone really bummed out. Yay. Uh, but I don't know. That's, uh, you know, you can go listen to NPR. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't plugged them enough. Go. They really need the help. Yeah, NPR, uh, like, really needs. They're dying. They're, it's a dying medium. <laughs> go watch Cropsy. Yeah. Which is about, uh, Cropsy. Which is about uh, this guy who murders people. <laughs> Kids, specifically. I know. I really want to good. watch or play because it's like every good asylum setting in a horror medium is always like 19th century. And this is why. It's like yeah. why wheelchairs are kind of neutral, but wicker wheelchairs are the devil. Yeah. Like if you see an empty wicker wheelchair and it just kind of creak and you're like, uh-huh. okay, that's, nope, nope, well, nope, that's nope, cursed. Nope, I'm nope, out. Nope. It's time to go. Yeah, because I guess I just want to say about the documentary, at the beginning of it, I guess, because I haven't watched it. I tried to watch it once, and then I was like, nah, I don't care. Um, but because, like, the beginning, they talk about the, uh, like, boogeyman aspect of Cropsy, mm-hmm. um, of, like, talking to people who were kids in the 80s whose parents would tell them, like, oh, don't go in there. Cropsy will get you. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I think, like, halfway through, they segue into talking about an actual child kidnapper. <laughs> In that area, like, at that oh, time. Oh, the 80s. So, uh, yeah. Oh. He's from Staten Island. So, oh. I was like, he's from New York. I don't know where this is, mm-hmm. like, where the... 
Because there was an asylum there. Apparently, he did work there, That's, I think. Oh, my gosh. Like, he was, like, a janitor or something. No. So, yeah, it was bad. I hate that his name's Cropsy because I keep... It sounds like Dropsy, like yep. his name right. is a disease. Yes. What? It does, I agree. Why is your name... Also, who named their kid Frank Freeman? <laughs> Why would you do this? Why? Of all the things Walter did. Walter is this? one who needed a lobotomy. Yeah. I know. Gosh. I can't even. It's terrible. Oh, we didn't really talk about, like, asylums. Is This is just tra- the, tr- the long trail uh-huh. of the podcast. But asylums used as, like, political prisons, basically. Yeah. Like, states being like, hmm, you're being uppity. I guess that means you're crazy. <laughs> I guess that means you gotta go. I guess that means we have to hold you indefinitely and slowly kill you in our prison. <laughs> I mean, no, we've talked about it though, or not that, but we've we've talked about people getting rid of people before with like Jackson and his wife's <laughs> boyfriend, yeah, or her, uh, his, his wife's husband, his girlfriend's husband, I guess at the time. Do you want to talk about? Because <laughs> uh, you mentioned it, but mm. maybe that's its own episode, Trotsky and the. And the ice pick. Oh no no no! Yeah, that's that's gonna be its own thing at some point because that's amazing. We we'll get into Russian communism <laughs> at some point. It's N- a lot. Not this episode. No, but eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to thank you for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> it gave you good education about like what you know. Like we said, when people ask us what year we want to live in. It's the 90s, maybe? <laughs> like, 90s? Then they're almost all gone. Uh, like, kind of? Yeah, 90s? Because then you're in, like, and close enough to get that good, like, Apple, Google uh-huh. yeah. stock. Yeah. Um, but, like, the 80s are done. Yeah. You're, that's, like, over. The Crime's wall's over. The wall is down. Wall's down. Uh, uh, economic boom. Yeah. Things are good. You don't have to wait too long for, like, phones, like, right. good phones. Yeah. Internet is like a thing. It's, it's not good, but it's a thing. Yeah, but I mean, we grew up with it, so it's like we can do that again. Yeah. We don't. We don't care. We'll just wait. Like it, it hurts us to be without our phones and like internet, but we can yeah. do it. I'd like to see the evolution as an adult. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed episode and learning the things, and uh, that you're having a good spooky month. Spoopers. Next time we're gonna talk about. Monsters. Monsters. But ones you probably haven't heard of <laughs> because faraway lands where the monsters are much scarier, <laughs> I feel like. Some of them. Or, just, uh, or weird. They haven't been hit by Western consumerism. Except for some of them that get in a weird cultural loop-de-loop where they we trade and then it becomes its own separate thing. I like the trading. Magical. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Imperialism. Monsters are magic. <laughs> um, but you can send us an email at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can send us or you can give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or other places, probably. We would appreciate it. We love them all. We read them all. They're precious mm-hmm. to us. We, we read love, them. We love them. Read them in the minis so you we, could hear it in a mini. We read them to each other. We're like, yeah. we got a letter. We're like, oh, gosh. Or we're like, wow, this person doesn't like us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's whatever. Um, and uh, we want to say thank you especially to our patrons at Patreon. We finally have made money on our podcast. Incredible. Amazing. You're perfect. We love you. 
And we say that to Kathleen and Caitlin and Ashley, Lorena and Josh, Gami, Sadie, Natalie, Natalia, Daniel. <laughs> I had to scroll. Uh, <laughs> Daniel. And then we have new ones from Michael and Julia. Stand up and take your applause. Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. Anyway, thank you. We love you. You're so nice. Okay, we're done. Just sounds like a tiny seal. <laughs> Just imagine the tiny seal in the room doing the clapping. <laughs> and not even like a seal clapping like this, but like that side yeah. clapping they do. <laughs> Where they're like patting on, their belly. On their belly. Very cute. Clap, 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 clap. Anyway, bye. Bye. bye.